Eagles fly on our way to victory. Fight, Eagles fight. Score a touchdown, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high. And watch our Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles fly. On our way to victory. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles! <laughs> and we are live. <laughs> it's uh i felt like with it being this division this week we should get it out of the way nice and early do the one video and then we're never talking we're never doing that video again because we're going to say eagles so many times tonight but jordan and, uh, the host tonight, so. yeah, go ahead no, jordan, I, I your... really like to follow that to be honest with you, but uh, here we go welcome to the uh, the fourth episode of um the third and short over time uh, this week we're covering the uh nfc east which um we'll get on to it as you know it was a, a, a funny season last season for all four teams i would say um i'm covering the cowboys john's got washington <laughs> the washington <Thank> franchise <laughs> well, hello john covering washington uh bones Welcome. You have got the fantastic task of covering the Eagles. I've got the Philadelphia Eagles, yeah. And we've left Mark with what he wanted. New York. He's wanted. He's wanted two teams all along. He's wanted New York and the Raiders, and he's got them both. Well, later on, but tonight he's got <laughs> the lanes in New York. So we'll just have a little brief bit into the um, NFC East first, and what we what we think of when we think NFC East and there's quite a lot of things that I think about when I think of the NFC East but I didn't want to take everything so one of the things that I when I was thinking back I was thinking there's a lot there's sleeping giants were the thing that came to me first you know with the um the Cowboys Giants and Washington that used to dominate especially in the early 90s I think they went with four or five back-to-back Super Bowls and since um I think it's since 96 they've only had three Super Bowls wins in that division so They've always been knocking on the door close, but never having the cigar since then. So, and just the um, just the following of the teams in there, this, the very you know the revenue that a, a few of them create are very high, such as the Cowboys and the Giants. So there were a couple of things that I wanted to bring to the table when I thought of the NFC East. I don't I'll start with you, John. What do you think when you think NFC East? Um, it, when I first started watching it, it was one of the most competitive divisions of the lot, you know, probably four good teams at the time. Maybe the Cowboys were the sort of the poor relation. Um, big physical games, big physical teams, wide open passing offenses a lot of the time as well. Think of the Eagles under Andy Reid and the Cowboys back in the 90s with like Noah Turner and you know, Michael Irvin and people, you know, people like that. Um, yeah, usually a pretty good division. I don't know what the hell's happened to it in the last two to three years. Um, but yeah, usually a pretty good division. Washington were always like a power run team as well, you know, under under Joe Gibbs and things like that. I think of physical football when I think of the NFC East. Kind of Bill Parcells football is kind of the way I look at it. Probably helps that he's coached two of the teams in it, I suppose. How about you, Bones? What do you think of when you think NFC East? Um, I mean, there's... It's such a, it's another storied division, is it? It's, you can say the same about most of the NFC divisions because they've been around that bit longer. Like they are generally quite storied, good good rivalries, um, good quotes from a few of them. You know, you you, you hear the regular ones, but 
Yeah, no, it's it's an, it's an interesting division. We, I mean, we've been calling it the NFC least for the last two years, so <laughs> it's not it's not in its prime right now. But it has numerous Super Bowls to its name, the division. So, like, there's every it's, there's every chance that the NFC least is over. Like, I, who knows? Well, are you, Mark? I would you will save the best to last. I'm sure. Go on. <laughs> Well, you know, when I first started watching NFL, the NFC East had was stacked full of talent. You know, like they had four really good quarterbacks. I had Mark Reitman, who was at Washington at the time. They had Troy Aikman. They had Phil Sims at the Giants. And the Eagles had Randall Cunningham. You know, like in the, they had a really big lion share of the media market. And I still think that's the case today, to be honest with you. When you look at the primetime games, it's the NFC East which dominates it. You know, like they've got a very big media market there. I think you have to, if you're a college player coming out of the college game, you're looking at the NFC East teams and thinking, that's where I'm going to make me market money. That's where I'm going to get me sponsorship deals. That's where I'm going to be on billboards, and that's where I'm going to get good coverage. Um, the Cowboys were a phenomenal team when I first started watching it. They had Emmett Smith and Irvin and Troy Aikman. And they were a really good team. But I used to like the Giants back in them days. You know, the Giants used to have Michael Strahan, who was young and coming through. Uh, before that, they had Lawrence Timmons. You know what I mean? The LT. And they, they were they were the real physical team. Um, John touched on it with rivalries. There's some really terrific rivalries in this division. I'm thinking of the Eagles and Giants in particular. I'm thinking of Strahan versus John Runyon when he used to play a tackle there and Michael Strahan would be up against them. Um to a lesser extent, I'm thinking Washington versus Dallas. You know, the Thanksgiving games that we remember. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a really good division. It's fell on hard times of, 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 of recent, but it's still a really big market. And if you were to go outside of the NFL fan base, your average NFL watcher, and you said, name is an American football franchise, the chances are they're going to be naming somebody from this division. You know, they're going to probably see the Dallas Cowboys or Washington probably would have been Washington Redskins, let's face it, but now it's the Washington football team, all the New York Giants or the Philadelphia Eagles. That's how well-known they are outside of American football following. It's funny that you mentioned the media. Do you think players that come over to the teams like Dallas and and New York Giants, do you think that obviously the, the pressure of like with the media, how they can tear you apart over there, do you think it can really like team like men and boys can really find out a player and what they've got their mentality to yeah. play yeah, certainly. yeah i think i think you've got i think if you're quarterbacking in this division you've got it tough you know what i mean i think if you if you're going to be a quarterback in this division you've got it tough because you're going to have to have broad shoulders you saw eli manning get kicked to fuck for what better word um and the guy won two super bowls but yet at the end of his career when it wasn't pretty it wasn't pretty in the papers for him you know, you yeah. get no, you'll get no leeway in the press in this division. You have to be from a particular moxie to be able to cut it in the NFC East. You've got to be able to brush off criticism because you'll be a hero one week and you'll be out on your arse next. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's the New York media, media especially. Like, yeah. the, the New York media is like notorious for it, isn't it? The Jets and the Giants suffer from the same sort of problem with the media of them just lambasting every... Every bad move, every missed throw is just the worst thing that's ever happened to the franchise. Like, I imagine Dallas is reasonably similar with it being the Cowboys. Yeah. Like, 
how about them Cowboys? Like, it's three mad media markets, really, because Philly's not exactly known for being oh, they uh, destroy their own city when they win. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's it's weird. It's it's weird, isn't it? I mean, they've even been certainly New York have even been known to. Oh well, even Philly have been known to lambast good moves. You can think of them booing Donovan McNabb at the draft back in. 99 when he got picked and like New York were on, as you say, were on Eli Manning's back for years. And now he's considered like royalty in New York because he won two Super Bowls. It's crazy, isn't it? It really is a tough market to play in. But on the other hand, the rewards are brilliant. You get it right. You're, you're national, you know, aren't you? you know, I think it's one of those. I think it's one of those divisions where players are more fondly remembered the further away they are from the game. So it's like yeah. once they're playing actively... They're open to criticism, but the second they retire, they're kind of like revered. You know, I remember Troy Aikman getting stick at one point. You know what I mean? And it's like the, the further they move away into retirement, the more fondly they are remembered. Phil Phil Sims got an absolute beating when he was in New York, like them all them years. You know, Chris Sims's dad, by the way, for, for those years who don't know, the gobshite <laughs> pundit. Somehow he's a worse analyst than his son is, though. Which because anytime <laughs> he's on an NFL game, I'm like, oh my god, turn it off. <laughs> so on that note, let's dive into these teams. Let's see which one of us are going to follow the media over there and turn these teams, and let's see which one of us are going to be quite nice about them. <laughs> we'll see. What I believe it is me that starts off with um, the Dallas Cowboys. If we're going out vertical order, and obviously last season. The, the big news was that the Dak injury, you know, that um, I don't know how, obviously they would have done better than they did, but it definitely derailed them to a, to a sense. Andy Dalton played a lot of, um, a lot of the games last season. And also um, it was um, Zeke, Zeke Elliott, who just, even though a lot of people said that he didn't get up to his peak and which he didn't, it still were, I didn't think it were that bad of a season for him. If you look at his numbers, you know, it would just, it was just like you said with the media. Just everyone, as soon as start, things start going wrong, they start tearing at the people. I don't, I don't think Zeke's season was as bad as you thought, but it was just one as top tier as what they come to expect in in Dallas. But the first thing that stood out to me when I looked at the Dallas team as well was the defense. The defense is was really bad last year, and it needed some strengthening. You could see that. I think with eight of the eleven picks in the draft, they went on defense. You've got Dan Quinn there this this year was taken over on the defensive thingy. So, and I think they went, I believe they went for a 3-4 scheme last season. So I'm guessing they're going to go back to 4-3 with Dan Quinn, I expect, after last year's, I don't know if it was just players as well, but it, it was a failed attempt with the um, with the new scheme. So so it looks like it's, I don't, when he were at Seattle, I remember him at Seattle, he did a fantastic job there on the defense, but he definitely hasn't got the players <laughs> that Seattle had at that time. So, He's got a big task ahead of him, and I know they've got some good picks in on the defense, especially the first two that I really liked, Mika Parsons and uh, Kelvin Joseph. You know, obviously they were further up at one point. I think they were they traded with the Eagles, and they still got Mika Parsons. I don't, I still think they probably would have preferred a cornerback, and maybe they're expecting Patrick Sertain and J.C. Horn to be there round about there. But obviously off the board, I, I don't mind the Mika Parsons pick. I'll get onto some things about Mika Parsons. In a, in a few minutes, that the only concerns with me, Kelvin Joseph, a good pick, and they're just throwing darts at, at the defense. You know, I think um, I think they were in the run defense, they were thirty first in the, in the league last year, which is really, really, really poor for a Dallas uh, defense. So they've they've thrown some darts at it, like we said, we've said on numerous times on the pod that if you can get two or three good players from there, I'm, I'm hoping I'm, they'll sorry they'll be hoping they'll probably come. 
off the defense. I'd say the the pick that I really liked was value. That I saw with value is the Jibril Cox pick in round four, in the pick hundred and fifteen. You know, I, I I didn't expect him to slide down that far, and I don't know how much they'll use him this year. But obviously, with the injuries to Van der Esch, I think they really need to they need to look at that linebacker, and they've picked up two decent linebackers there. Um, I, the, when I mentioned Mika Parsons, the question marks with him, and there's, there's three players, Mika Parsons, Kelvin Joseph and Josh Ball, the offensive tackle out of Marshall. Obviously, character issues, you know, these these three players, like I'm not going to go into all, all the character issues because we'd be here for a lot longer than we want to be. But it's always a concern when you pick up, um, you see people talking with immaturity and um, and different things, you know. If they can, if they've had the, if they've had interviews with them and they're, and they're confident in these guys that, that that they've knocked it on the head, they've grown up coming into the NFL. That's brilliant. But, but I still always have concerns with these. They're only young lads, still. You know, they can easily fall back into this, into these crowds for when they've been brought up as kids. You know, in some of them in um, in bad areas where they just can't shake these friendships, and we've seen it on numerous of times. But that, apart from that, Mika Parsons, Kelvin Joseph, I love them two picks. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, yeah, they've addressed that defense. I've got absolutely no problem with offense. Resigning Dak Prescott, fantastic. You just look at the offensive, offensive um, room that they've got on the wide receiver and running back. You know, it's just, and even if the defense doesn't perform, it's going to perform better than last season. But even if it doesn't perform, I always think Dallas could with Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper. Um, What's the guys? I always forget his name now. CD Lamb, um, Blake Jarwin will be back from injury next year. I just think that they've seen one of them teams that you you might score twenty plus points against us, but we'll score thirty, and that's what I see with the Cowboys. I don't know if it'll get them. It would, I think they'll get into the playoffs this year. I don't know if it'll how far it'll get them, but and there's still a lot of work to be done on that defensive side. But with Dan Quinn coming in, they've picked up um, Keanu Neal from from Falcons and another safety Kazi that's from there so he's got players that he'll know it's going to all depend on Dan Quinn on that defense to see how, how far they get but offensively I've got no problems with them whatsoever I think they'll bounce back if everyone stays fit I think Zeke will still have another good year with um, Dak back and yeah I think um, I, st I still don't know if they'll be able to push Washington for the first I, th I still think they'll probably cling on to, to second I think Washington are a good team but yeah that's, that's where I am with them I think um, defensively Question marks. Obviously, they've, they've covered the players, so they're hoping for a, a better year there. But offensively, I've got no problem with them whatsoever. So, yeah, that's where I am with them. I don't know how you feel. I'll go, I'll go with you first, John. Uh, John, how do you feel about the Cowboys? I mean, as a 49ers fan, uh, no, <laughs> purely objectively. Um, good team, bad defence. Uh, I think a lot of that was to do with Mike Nolan, though, which I have intimate experience with as he used to be our, our head coach. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously the injury issues are a big thing as well. I like the draft. I uh, love Mika Parsons. I thought that was a great pick. I, I Yeah, I'd feel pretty optimistic if I was a Dallas fan, especially coming into this division. Um, there was no outstanding team last year. They were close in a few games, but the defense just couldn't get them the wins, and they were without the quarterback. So, uh, assuming that there will be some sort of leap from the defense, and that Dak comes back at full strength, and it allows Zeke to be back at something approaching his best, yeah, I'd be feeling optimistic if I was a Dallas fan. I think they're, I think they're a good team, not a great team, but it's that it's getting to that point 
where they're back in the playoffs and winning games because they haven't really had that even when they were a you know a genuinely good team they weren't winning a lot of playoff games so it's kind of step one it's getting the playoffs and win a couple of games and then try and get to the next level so yeah i, th- I think they're in a good spot right now what about yourself mark do you think um dak prescott uh, is a, a massive miss from last year that's going to propel him back to the playoffs in further you know like maybe challenging washington or do you think it's just like it's like play glass where you just i don't think it's all that it's just, the defense is going to struggle again you know i read i read different reports that this is what we were talking about at the start of the pod you know like the dallas press and the dallas fans are a little bit meh on deck prescott from someone looking outside in at that franchise i love that prescott the point where i was like banging the table the Raiders to make a move for him if that contract deal stalled, you know. I think he's a really good player, but it just seems that, that that they're not overly enamored with him, but they've paid him now. And I think he's a very, very good quarterback. I think the biggest concern for me isn't necessarily Dak Prescott, it's Zeke Elliott. I think last year we saw Zeke Elliott in the back end of the season, whether it was the offensive line and too much being put on him, have a very poor end to the season. And they've paid him and there's no getting out of that contract. They've paid him well and he's now in that second deal. And I'm thinking to myself, have they shackled themselves? Because he's eaten a lot of cap. You know, we need to see something back from Zeke Elliott. Because personally, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Tony Pollard have a bigger play, bigger role to play this year. You know what I mean? Because Zach wasn't good in the second half of last year. And people will say, well, it might have been an offensive line. Personally, I think, he, you know, this guy carries the ball 20 times every single game and he's now in his, what, fifth season, maybe his sixth season? There's a lot of wear on, yeah, there's a lot of wear on them tyres now. Um, going to meet our Parsons, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, like the press coverage. There's no bigger amount of press coverage than with, than with America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, let's face it. You either love them or you love them. And... Michael Parsons has went there as a celebrated cerebral linebacker for Penn State, but he has this baggage of being a bully and being caught up in bullying scandals and being in, and being immature. Um, he needs to he needs to step up because that will not wash with the press in Dallas. He needs to be white Allen White, you know what I mean? Though to be able to succeed there, I did a on another website which I do some writing for. I did a um, perfect fits article with the Dallas Cowboys and I snuck Micah Parsons in there, you know, behind the two corners where I pegged them and said this could be a dark horse pick, you know, because they've got Leighton Van Der Eschews, continually got neck injuries, which is never good for a linebacker. They've got Jalen Smith, who came in with a big injury, albeit has hit the ground running since he's been in there. And you throw Micah Parsons in there, you know, in the Sean Lee, who's just retired role. You know what I mean? And you've got a really good second level there, depending on how fit Leighton Van Der Esch can be. Um, I think that they needed to change defensive coordinator. I think they're going to have to see an improvement with Dan Quinn there just by default. Um, their secondary still looks poor. Um, Kelvin Joseph was either boom or bust in Kentucky. He either had some amazing games or he was burnt toast. And a lot of people pointed to his attitude and switching off and not being tuned in on some games. So they need to get they need to get the focus to Calvin Joseph in that case. Then. But he's got the talent. There's enough there where people will go, oh, I'll have a bit of that. Um, you know, I, I like them. I like the Dallas Cowboys. I don't particularly like them as a franchise, but I like them as a, as a team. Um, there's always a lot of expectation on them. 
I don't think they're as good as Washington. I think that they're a good team, though. And they'll probably be about 12 to 1 for Super Bowl odds because they're Dallas Cowboys. And when realistically, it should probably be about 25 to 1. Um, but they're a good team. They're a good team. And they've moved the needle in off season just by firing Mike Nolan and getting in Dan Quinn. Yeah, I think you mentioned there, Calvin Joseph, not being um, always on the ball when it comes to playing football. I've, I've read a few times that a few coaches and a form of other teams and um, um, analysts have said that he's more concentration on his rap career than he is on football. You know, he's been to have brought out four rap albums already. So, Bones, you know, when you see people with um, character issues and things like that, do you think teams are taking chances on players or do you think they've done their homework and especially with Mika Parsons saying a first-round pick, do you think they are confident that nothing like this is going to happen? Or do you think, it, especially with the Dallas Cowboys, do you think it's one of them where they just pick the player and sort it out? We'll address it later and see if we can get him on, on the right track. I definitely do think there's there's some teams out there who will they'll just take the shot regardless of the character issues and what happens, happens. Or, like you say, it's something they'll address after the fact. Um, I think the Cowboys definitely... I think they've weighed it up. I, th- I the stuff we heard about Mika Parsons, like it, it seems to have gone away enough that I don't think the, I don't. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a risk. Like hopefully it's not. Like we never want to see character issues inside the NFL. But yeah, I definitely think I think the Cowboys will have weighed it up. I don't think they want. I mean, they do have some characters at Dallas occasionally, so you never know. They might have just been like, whatever the character issues are, we'll get him here. And we'll we'll get it we'll get it sorted out we'll get it smoothed over once he's here. But it's it's difficult to say, isn't it? Because you never want to implicate anything when it comes to these character issues. Like I hope that whatever it is 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 done with now, and we can in his professional career he can move past it. Yeah, I think what I will bring up, and you'll probably be able to tell us, uh, Jordan. Did they draft any offensive linemen this year? Because I felt like that's I felt like they had a decent. Starting five, I felt depth-wise, I had very little behind that. Well, they, they, they've um, got Josh Ball, and I think they got a guard, and I, I forgot his name now. It was it was a late on pick. I can't. I, I, I could go look for it and, and stuff, but it were a late pick. But it's it's like funny you say that. We're looking at it, and they, obviously they've drafted Mika Parsons there, but um, Rashawn Slate was still on the board. And obviously, you looked at both linebacker and offensive line, and it was one of them where you mentioned the injuries with Tyrone Smith and Collins um, missed a lot of, of, of games. I don't know how many games if he played any last year, Collins. But, but then you had Van der Esch with the injury problems. It was one of them that you could argue for both sides, where it were like we really need to strengthen on defense, maybe secondary. I think they probably would have gone secondary. Like I said, I think they probably would have gone cornerback, especially if um, I think they really liked. Um, both the top two corners, you know, especially um, Horn, I think, I think they liked him. But yeah, I could, I could have argued that they could have picked up Rashon Slater, who went next pick to, to the Vikings, but um, but they went Mika Parsons. And yeah, but uh, as well as the defense, the offensive line was a bit is a big is a big problem. But it, it seemed like they wanted to address the defense more than anything, and it were like, well, Dak Prescott's there, and and whatever happens, yeah, we might get sacked a few times, but we've got enough playmakers there to, to to put points on the board no matter what. That's what it seemed like to me. I don't know if that were if that were they were thinking, but it seemed like they just thought we'll be fine on the offense, we'll score enough points. We just need to get that defense side. And it's I think, I don't know about you guys, I think that's gonna be the, the the Achilles heel for them next year defence. Yeah, I mean I'm looking at their, their five and they've got like Tyron Smith if he's fit at left tackle. 
Connor Williams, Tyler Bialish, if I can say that name right, Zach Morton and Leo Collins would be your right tackle. And that five is a pretty good five, you know what I mean? It's going to give any good, it's, it's, it's a good five, like, you know? But beyond that, I, beyond that, I don't see a lot of depth. Um, I don't see a lot of depth. I'd be worried given the injury history, specifically to the left and right tackle spots and what's behind them, like, you know? Because Tyron Smith, when was the last time he played 16 games a season? And now we're talking about a 17-game season? You know, he's loaded. And he's a perennial pro bowler when fit, but it's no good if he's on the bench. No, you, you, you're right there. It's, um, I'm looking at it as well, and they've got, I think they've got about four or five depth. Obviously, they've, got, they've lost Joe Looney. I'm, I'm going to guess that they maybe re-sign him. He's still a free agent at the moment. They might bring Joe Looney back again. I'm not sure. I think they're going to have to bring someone back or something because they've got three or four players to cover at the moment. So, but yeah, that's... Um, I think we've covered the Dallas Cowboys there. Yeah, I think we're all on a similar page with them. I think next up, I'm going to give as much time as I can because it's, it is my hack on New York. The Giants next up. Well, right then. So, Tom, well, listen. Alphabet. Eagles. 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 <laughs> kind of alphabet do they teach you? It's it's the alphabet. The alphabet I'm going on is the locations, not not the nickname. That's what I <laughs> thought you were doing. I thought but, we were going. I've been going on. I've been going on team name this whole time. So to, I apologize. If you want to wait for Mark to burst into New York Giants, so we can take the Eagles now. If you want bones, <laughs> you go, take it away. <laughs> I mean, I'll get them out of the way. Yeah, why not? Um, I mean. They've, I had a really hard time with these. I feel like I'm quite positive when it comes to these off-season reviews. Like, and I'm normally quite lenient, but <laughs> I found I found it difficult to get that excited about anything that Philadelphia did this year. They've gone for a whole new coaching staff. Obviously, they've brought in two Colts guys. I, mean, yeah. I can't remember where the offensive coordinators from, but it's the Colts defense and the Colts offensive coordinators now the head coach. Um. He's, I've read some interesting stuff about him. Like he, he seems to value two tight end sets, uh, short underneath passes to receivers in space, that kind of thing. Like it would seem quite interesting that people were commenting on the fact that he wasn't one of the Shanahan sort of tree play action heavy trend coaches. He's he's the he's a bit more like oh, what's who's what's the Frank Reich who they lost in 2017 was it? Um, it's, it's like he's the Frank Reich tree, isn't he? He spent five years with Reich. Um, defense is going to be 4-3, I guess we're assuming. The draft was the draft was good. I'm glad they picked Devonta Smith. Like I felt like I wanted to talk about Smith because he's. you hear everyone saying, oh, he's too small. What about press coverage? And that's all we hear about him. And it's like, this guy is a really good receiver. And all anyone wants to talk about is, is he going to be able to handle press coverage at the next level? It's like... You've got to think like in 2019, this guy was on a receiver alongside Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, and was still the he was still the top receiver at Bama. Like he was, and those guys went first round. Like this, this guy's a good receiver. He's just won the he's won the Heisman, the first receiver to do it since '91, and he was the first receiver to win the Associated Press Player of the Year since its since its inception in 98 so like ever first wide receiver to ever win that like this guy is a really good wide receiver and i think they've they've done well there like yeah his size is is something people are going to talk about but 
I think we mentioned it in the previous like draft recaps. He's played at this size his whole life. He's ready for it. Like he, we, there is tape of him playing against press coverage in college, and he seems to do well enough against it in college. Like yeah, it's another level. But this guy's the cleanest route runner in the class by a mile. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm a stand by that opinion. He's he creates separation on pretty much every single route he runs. Again, it's not perfect, but who is? Um, it's like even last year when Waddle's out. You know Smith's the only good re- like he's the best receiver Bama's gonna field and he still people still could not cover this guy. Like they still could not stop him from getting like seven receiving records or something at Bama. Like um Dickerson in the second round was a really weird pick, I think. Like I know Kelsey might retire soon, but he's still there, isn't he, at center. And I think Asante Samuel Jr. was still on the board at this point, and the Eagles need help at cornerback. Like it's a surprise that they went for a center who's got injury history. And Ed, I know we say, like, if you can get your rookie deal out of a player and they last the whole five years, it's done well. But I think one position where you don't feel that way is the O-line. Like, you don't want a one-contract O-lineman. Like, you want that guy to last a bit longer. And I guess there's question marks for Dickerson right now. If he stays healthy, great. I hope, And I hope he does stay healthy. Um, it just seems strange when they did need a cornerback to go out and get Dickerson when Asante Samuel's still on the board. Um, I thought it was interesting, though, um, looking into what the new head coach had said about his his plans for the team and mismatches and using running backs in space. They did go and grab in the fifth round a pretty good dual threat running back, Kenny Gainwell. Um, Smaller school that he comes from, but the guy was pretty good in both the run and the pass game, which sounds like somewhere they're going to utilise him, so... He might make it in. They did three D-line picks, and I guess they. I think Fletcher Cox is due to retire maybe soon. Like he's towards the end of his his career now. Um, I think they've got a guy at edge who might go soon, defensive end. Like, um, so there was a couple picks there. It's just weird. They can't. You look at the draft, and I want to be dead positive about the draft, but they they still don't seem to be able to make the mind up. Like. This is the they still haven't committed to a quarterback, have they? They're still saying even to this this point, like, oh, we're not sure if Hertz is the guy. We're not naming him the starter yet. There's still press stories coming out that they're interested in Deshaun Watson, despite the fact that we still have not had any clear indication that Deshaun Watson's actually going anywhere. Um, but apparently, the Eagles are still interested. I I like Hertz personally. I did when he was coming out of the draft, anyway, but. He did go one and three as a starter at Philadelphia, and I think if he does that again this year, it could be rough. But what's their option this year? Flacco. It's not like they've got Carson Wentz behind him this time. They got rid of him. So I just don't know what to think of them. Like the Eagles seem to be a really impatient like ownership. Like the coaches don't get long to do well, and if it goes badly, you're out. You're gone. Like it doesn't seem like a really for lack of a better way to put it, it doesn't seem like a good job within the NFL to go and get. And I just don't... Maybe they are this, they're at the start of the rebuild, but then they made some off-season signings for older players on one-year deals that looked like win-now moves. It's like, I don't know that you're in a position to win now, but at the same time, it's the NFC, it's the NFC East, and it's you know it was a really bad year last year. Anyone could have won that division, and I guess that could be what they're looking at. But I just don't know that they've improved that much. They, they just seem in a really weird position, and I can't really put it any other way. I, I found it really hard to review their off-season really, really positively, and I feel bad about it because I've been so positive about even the 
the Jets, the Lions, like everyone I've reviewed, I've been quite positive about. And the Eagles, I struggled to find anywhere to be like, yeah, they've got this going for them in the future. Like, they could have a couple breakouts if Rager and Hurts have a good year, but they didn't have good last years. Like, it, I don't know. I don't, I've got. Um... I must admit, I'm the same as you, Bones. I look at that Eagles team and I think I just don't. I'm just got. There's not much to be positive about. And like I'll, I'll ask you, John. You look at the last few years, the wide receivers they've pulled out, and obviously Jalen Riga might break out this year. But let's just pretend that we look at last year and what happened. How positive are you with Devontae Smith that he can change things in that wide receiver room? Has he got, has he got all the pressure on his shoulders already going into there yeah. first year? Yeah, for a couple of reasons. One, he's the Heisman winner, so he's going to get more. He's going to get more visibility anyway. But he's going to Philadelphia, where they're desperate for a breakout star. Would argue they haven't really had one other than maybe Wentz for a couple of years. The the kind of short of that star player. I think the short of a. I don't know. It's a tough one with the Eagles, isn't it? I, I sort of agree with Bones. Like, I don't think they're outright bad, but I just don't see them. They're just kind of there for me at the moment, which when you consider the cap situation, obviously the whole drama with Wentz and firing Doug Peterson and all them kind of things, they had to move things on. And this is kind of one of those years that's going to mean basically nothing, I don't think, in the grand scheme of things. I, I, unless the division is as bad as last year, I can't see how they would challenge for it. Receiver-wise, yeah, they're desperate for that playmaker. And to be honest, that's an Eagles thing, going back to like the Andy Reid era. They were bringing in guys like T.O. because they, they wanted that superstar receiver. They, they've never really had it. You know, even thinking back now, it's never they've never had it. Even in the Super Bowl year, the, the stars weren't the wide receivers. They made a few good plays here and there, but it wasn't like they had a go-to guy. So maybe Devonta Smith is that. I was a bit lukewarm on him when we did the draft stuff because of the things that Bones has mentioned, but... You're absolutely right. He's played at that size his entire career, so it's not like you know, it's not like he doesn't know he's that small. <laughs> I'm sure they'll, I'm sure they'll find a way to use him. It's just, and the the biggest thing for me with the Eagles, I can't see an organisational direction. The head coach mm. is an absolute mess. The quarterback room is iffy. Like Jalen Hurts has the potential to be a good QB, but potential is about it at the moment. And there's no sort of – I'm not looking at it going, yeah, that I can see where they've got a breakout star except maybe Devonta Smith. And, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I'm not keen on the Eagles. That's why I didn't want them. That's why Bones ended up with them. You mentioned, you mentioned something there that I, I just want to touch on quickly because it is something I really struggled with looking through the draft and the depth chart and everything is – I also do not understand their di- what direction this team wants to go in right now. They they can't they can't seem to decide if they're they're in a position to win now or if they're going into a rebuild. Like they just seem to be in this weird limbo state where they can't pick one and they're going to do neither and fail miserably because of it. Like I just don't I couldn't find anything, and I don't know if that's my fault or it seems to be a theme. Like you guys seem to agree. Like it just I don't know what they're doing. I don't. I don't know what they want to do. I don't know where they're going. But yeah, sorry. I just wanted to touch on that as you mentioned it. What do you? What What do you think, Mark? Like, I look at it next year. They, I don't know where they're going to come from. The the picks, but they could potentially have three first round picks next year. You know, obviously the one that they've got their own, and depending on Carson, how Carson Wentz does at Colts, do you, are you going to find us a positive value on board where it's looking a glum year next year, and they're looking for the year after where? It's going to be more of a rebuild there, or is the rebuild starting this year? 
I think I think they've accrued the draft capital to move up and get a quarterback next year. I don't think Jalen Hurts is their guy. I think that they'll probably move off from last year. Like you said, they've got they've got three firsts potentially, depending on how Carson Wentz does at the Colts. Um, so they've got the ammo next year. I think they'll probably be picking in the top ten anyway, given their roster and where they'll be. But if they need to move up, they can do so. Spencer Rattler could be a better. Yeah. Sam Howell could be another one. You know. Um, but we might see a new quarterback in Philadelphia next season. I mean, as it stands at the moment, I'm kind of a bit like you. Howie Roseman, a few years back, I would have said was one of the best GMs in the NFL. Um, but it seems like he's just really tailed off, especially in evaluation. I mean, he took, let's not forget, right, last year I had the opportunity to take uh, Jefferson, you know, who later went to uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And Jefferson would have been tailor-made for this offense and the pass for them to take Jalen Rager. I quite like Jalen Rager as a talent, but I didn't have him above Jefferson, you know. Um, and and, it, and it, it was that was an odd decision. And 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 yet you've seen them going back and getting Devonta Smith this year, you know, as a result of that. And the thing is with Devonta Smith is he better be good because he's gonna get no better. He's a senior who played at Alabama, he played against top line opposition. What he is now is what he's going to be. So if he's going to come in and struggle in the NFL, you're going to have a washout. You're not going to be able to coach this kid up. He's 23 coming into the NFL. He's been a senior at Alabama. He's played on the big stage. I agree with Bones. You know, I think the stick he gets about being slim is overrated because it's not like he's he's been slim all his career and made it work. And he's faced very good talent in the SEC. You know what I mean? So if you make it work there, you make it work in the NFL. Um, you know, like, but yeah, I, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit like, well, what, what, what they're meant to be, you know, like they, they don't seem to have any level of fluidity. Other run first team, Miles Sanders, I liked him, but then they moved away from giving them the ball last year because Doug Pellison wanted to pass the ball 40 times a game or were they put in a position to pass the ball 40 times a game? You know, like, um, they seem to be moving to Zach Ertz left yet. Is he still there? I know that there was trade talk. I'm not too sure if he's there still. So the other two tight end team or the single tight end team, their wide receiver depth, they've got Devonta Smith and Jalen Vega. Both of them are better down the field, making catches in, in, in the deep area, 20 yards beyond. Um, but yet they've got Jalen Hurts, who's not really accurate down the field. So, you know, you're kind of like balanced up by what they're going to do. One player who they did take who I like was Landon Dickerson. I don't think he'll play centre for them. I think he'll play guard. I think he's a really good player, and I liked him a lot. Um, I had him in the first round for many teams, and I was banging the table for the Steelers to take him in much of my mock drafts, you know. I did like Landon Dickerson, um, but he has got an injury history. First at Florida, then at Bama. You know what I mean? So, you know, what, what's he going to be? Milton Williams was one of my um, sleep houses. Yeah, I really liked him. He tested off the charts. I mean, Aaron Donald liked testing, and I don't say that lightly. This kid was an athletic freak. But didn't really put it all together at Louisiana Tech. Can he put it together in the NFL? You know, um, there's, there's a lot of questions about this franchise. You know, and considering that they won the Super Bowl not too far ago, you know what I mean? The, the, the hour is pointing down for them, I'm afraid. I don't think they're going to make any impression on this division as bad as what it is. I think they're going to be picking high in next year's draft as a result. I think they'll be in the quarterback market. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be tough being an Eagles fan at this moment in time because for all intents and purposes, they're going backwards. I mean, 
Joe Flacco, what a weird <laughs> backup quarterback to sign. You know, you've got Jalen Hurts, and if you had to find someone who was as polar opposite, <laughs> you'd pick Joe Flacco, and you just kind of go, and you're running two different offenses in, 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 in three quarters. If this guy gets injured, there's no way this guy's going to be able to run this offense. You know, like, and it just makes you go, what? Who's making the decisions here? Because Harry yeah. Roseman, Harry Roseman was a better GM than this four or five years ago, and I'm like, I'm like, what? What is happening? I mean, I'm I'm your average sit on the sofa, eat a bag of Doritos, drink a few cans of Coke, zero zero NFL fan, and I look at this and go, how's that meant to work? You know, what are you? So if you're a GM who's paid millions of fucking dollars to get it right. Surely you must see what I see, you know, which is a complete lack of equilibrium. It's like yeah. they're not they're not heavily invested in any position group. You know, like normally a really bad team, you can say, well, that position group's still good. You know, but with the Eagles, you name a position group. Try and find one where you can go, at least they've got that bit right. At least they've got that bit right. I'm looking at the depth chart right now, and it is you're right right but there's there's a couple areas where it's not terrible but there's a few areas where it's it's particularly good and there's areas where they, it feels like they should have addressed i feel like the you mentioned milton williams that's i think that's going to be a good pick like i say i think fletcher cox is on the tail end of his his career i think williams could could find a role within that defense pretty soon in his career but they say what <laughs> It's just what are they doing? What do they want to be? Where do they think they are? It just none of it makes sense. But I don't think they know the answer to that question because I think it all filters down from that shambolic head coach search they had starting a week or two after everybody else and not really seeming to know what they were targeting. And now I think they're just caught between two stools as a as an organization. You could as you say, like Jalen Hurts to Joe Flacco, you might as well be running two different offences. Okay, this is the offence for Flacco, and this is the offence for Hurts. And that's kind of where they were last season as well, when they threw Hurts in, and they were basically throw, running a completely different offence. So I, I don't know what – I feel like I'm always saying this. It might be my catchphrase on this, but I don't know what they're doing. I really, really don't. I, I, I Yeah, I don't know. I, it won't last long in Philly if they carry on like that. I know that. Do you know what Philly are built on? A really good defensive line. When I look throughout their history, you know, like they've always been a really good defensive line. You know, that's what they've been built on. They've been built on getting the quarterback, getting sacks and hitting them. You know, like, and they've got Fletcher Cox there and they've drafted Milton Williams. And on one side, they've got Brandon Graham. And on the other side, they'll have Derek Barnett. Barnett reminds us a bit of Clay Ferrell. Came into the NFL with really good stats, but wasn't going to get any better. You know, like, and, 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 that, and he was a good player in Tennessee, but in the NFL, you know, he, that's the danger of drafting these players who have who peaked in college. You know what I mean? Um, Brandon Graham has been a really good pass rush. I was a first-round draft pick himself, you know what I mean? And he's been there all his career. And, and, he, and, he, and he does well, but he's, he's in his 30s now. We can't expect that production out of him all the time. I just think I think this is going to be one of the teams that we're going to see pick high next year. I, just, I kind of look at a team, and I can't get away from the fact of going, they've got enough capital to go and get a quarterback. You might as well lose out. Because you might you might as well start your rebuild now. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement there that um, Nick Sirianno is going to have a tough year at the Eagles. You know, was he even think... the guy they wanted? Was he even the guy they wanted? <clears throat> For all intents and purposes, Josh McDaniel was meant to be quite fancy yeah. there. 
he was the guy who wanted the job basically i think that's why he ended up with it he has a he has a feel of one of those guys that's landed in a situation that he is not remotely prepared for. Yeah, um, Jeff Rawlings not got any patience, so he better he better he better be more decent. Like exactly. it's not going to end well. It's I wonder if that well. played into their head coach search. I wonder if the fact that everyone knows there's no patience there. You if you do this wrong, you've got no future. It's a bad. It's not. It's not a good job. Like it, there are better teams to go to. Like. And I, who thought we'd be in a world where the Lions is a more attractive place to go and work than the Eagles? But by, for all intents and purposes, it sounds like it was. Like it sounds like they had a way harder time finding a head coach than we did. And and the thing is, you know what Detroit want to be. I, I don't know that they're there yet, but you know what they want to be. The, I don't know what the Eagles want to be, and that that's that would be if I'm a player or a coach or an executive, I'm looking well. This vision could change in 12 months, so I might be out of a job again. And I think that's where, as you say, I think that impacted the head coaching search. What probably also did was the fact that at the time they were still committed to Carson Wentz. So you're you're asking head coach candidates to come in, and you've already decided who the quarterback's going to be. And then when they appointed one, they got rid of Carson Wentz the week after. I just I don't know what's going on. It's like they got a split personality down there in Philly. I don't know what's going on. Really. I tell you one thing they do well. They've got a good deal out of the course and Wentz. To be able to get a potential first in return for a player what a very, very bad year. And I don't think Carson Wentz is a bad player. I think we'll probably see him hit a stride again in the Colts. But I think I think to get a potential first, at the very least it's a second. And if he plays, I think it's three quarters of the game. Some of my minors, I'm sure I'm right. Um, that, that second will turn into a first. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. Albeit the Colts will be thinking they'll be picking at the back end of the first. But, you know, there's talent there. There's talent there that you can pick up with them picks, you know. So, And, of course, they've got, they got, they got a first off San Fran. So, anyway. Not, well, through the San Fran, Miami three-way trade thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, go on, John. No, it's all right. I'm just saying it ended up being, it'll probably end up getting traded again. That's what usually happens in these deals, like the Laramie Tunsil one. I mean, times as those picks moved around. But yeah, they're not in a bad spot to rebuild if it does blow up this year, I guess. But right now, no optimism at all for them, really. We're on a, we're on a bit of a downer now, aren't we, lads? So let's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's pick it back up with John and Washington. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you know, for, for once I've ended up with a team that I actually like to talk about and actually have some optimism for. It feels like I've been negative about every team I've been handed so far. Um, yeah, I, I like what Washington are doing. Um, I've said it before on this podcast, I'll say it again, the adults are in charge in Washington. Um, it's took probably about 20 years, but they finally got there under Dan Snyder. They've finally put some grown-ups in charge and let them actually run the draft room and build the roster. Um, they were a good team last year, well, good enough to win this division. But towards the end of the year, I thought they really kicked into, you know, into gear. They were a tough out for pretty much every team they played, including in the playoffs when everybody thought they'd get blown out. I think a large part of that is Ron Rivera. I like Ron Rivera as a coach. I think he's, I think he's probably a little bit short of being a top coach, just purely because his offenses have at times been quite predictable. Um, but you can't argue with his, his results that he's good at building teams from basically a ground zero point of view. Um, and I think when he came in there, that's kind of where they were. They were going nowhere, um, certainly nowhere quickly. Um, <laughs> you got Dwayne Haskins on the roster at the time. The, the, the team was struggling. There was a lot of, lot of issues on that roster. And I look at it now and it's 
you know, it's in a good state, really. Um, QB is the is the question because it's like with most teams, if you haven't got a franchise guy, then you're always going to be looking for that franchise guy. I think every team, there's a lot of bridge quarterbacks. It's often said that there aren't 32 good quarterbacks in the NFL. I think there's some evidence of that in some of the teams that we've covered. There's there's bridge QBs. There's QBs that are there until they get in a position to, or you know, or acquire um, a genuine franchise guy. I think um, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably the literal definition of a bridge quarterback. You know, look at some of the teams he's been on and what they've transitioned to and where they're going. But he's a good quarterback and. To be honest, he's got enough pieces around him on that offense to to move the ball and be dangerous. You know, we all love Terry McLaurin. You know, they signed Adam Humphreys to play the slot. They signed Curtis Samuel, who I absolutely love. Uh, and in, in a Scott Turner offense where he can be used effectively and sensibly and get the ball in his hands and let him be the playmaker that he is, I think he'll have a really good season. Um, no, I, re- I, I like the roster as it's constructed. The concern... Is Q- well, not the concern, but the the, the sticking point maybe is QB, um, be- just because Fitzpatrick has kind of oscillated from great season to bad season in his career, and he might be due a bad one. Um, but having said that, he's going to a pretty well coached team with some good experience around him. So I, I, I quite like I quite like where they are in that sense. Um, defense is a bit of a question mark, but then with Ron Rivera there that kind of goes away. And plus, they got players like Chase Young, you know, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. These are these are genuine, talented players. They may be a bit weak at linebacker, which I think kind of inform what they did in the draft, which I'll sort of come on to in a sec, and maybe at DB as well. But I would trust who they've got there to coach them up. You know, you know you're talking about a Jack Del Rio, who's always coached pretty good defences, and to be honest, was a pretty decent head coach as well. Um, you already got Rivera as head coach. There's some good young coaches, you know, as positional assistants. So I, I like how they're constructed. Um, I enjoyed the draft as well. It's a strange one, actually, because when they made the first round pick, uh, Davis that from Kentucky, I was a bit like, they could have gone in a number of directions, really. I think they were one of the teams that we found it hardest to nail down when we did the draft preview because. They're not outstanding, apart from maybe at receiver, they're probably not outstanding at any one position. So they could have gone in a number of directions. They go for Davis. It was maybe a little high. I didn't see a lot of people necessarily saying he would be up there. But Ron Rivera knows linebackers. And if there's a guy who wants to be in his defense, I'm I'm happy to be on board with that. Um, and I like what they did the second round. They got Sam Cosme to kind of add some weight to that O-line, which... Looking at it, it definitely needs the interior of the line isn't too bad. Um, you know, they brought Eric Flowers over. I don't know how he'll do, but he's certainly been better at guard. Um, and Brandon Scherf as well, who's a who's a good guard. You know, the, the interior of the line is pretty solid, um, but the tackles may be a bit weak. And I think we saw that last year with some of the QBs running for their life. You know, I, I do think they perhaps need something there. Sam Cosme should give them that. Could play either tackle position. I think it depends where they want to slot him in early on, but I think he was a good pick. And in the second round, good value, because I'd seen him mocked in the late first. And he went at 51. So I think if you're Washington, I think you're happy with that. Um, lower down the draft, I like what they did in the mid-rounds as well. St. Just, or St. Juste, I don't know what what the hell you pronounce, from Minnesota, the corner. Um, he was actually a guy I was looking at for the Niners, because we're a little, certainly a little short at DB. I think he's a 
good physical DB, and I think he's going to the right place to develop. Um, so yeah, I like that pick, and it adds it adds some youth to that that defensive backfield. There's a lot of unproven players in in that DB lineup. Um, they did sign William Jackson in free agency off the Bengals, but he's not ever really been an outstanding player, so. They're going to be a bit reliant on him to take a bit of a leap, but I think he's solid enough. They'll have a bit, of, they'll have a bit next to him to kind of, um, you know, hopefully help him along. So I like that, and Diami Brown, I really like as well. Another, but it feels like another slot guy. So I'm not sure how many slots they think there are on it in an offensive formation, but they've got a few guys that they can, you know, they can move around and. Um, you know, and cause some trouble with. If they're creative offensively, I think there's there's a few, even like John Bates, the tight end. I think he's a good player, and I think if they move them around and they're smart with them, I think they'll, um, you know, I think they'll get a lot out of it. And I think they're they're trying to get production by volume. It feels like if they put enough talent on the field and get the ball in playmakers' hands, it's not really going to matter who they've got quarterback because as long as he can just get it to somebody that can make a play, they'll probably look a lot better than they actually are. Um, I think you brought up as well, Jordan, before we actually started the podcast, that the the running back room is pretty good. It is. It's probably got two or three solid NFL players in there, you know, McKissick, Barber, um, to an extent Gibson as well. Lamar Miller's a decent player. You know, there's there's good players there. And it's a it's a solid a solid running back room. I just think this is a solid team. And in this division, we've just talked about the Eagles having no direction. We're a bit unsure about the Cowboys' defense. I don't know what Mark thinks of the Giants, but I can't wait to find out. Um, I think there's, I think there's enough here to win this division if they play up to the potential. Because the thing you can guarantee with most Ron Rivera teams is, regardless of the talent level, they'll play hard. And if they play hard, they'll be in games to the end. And if they're in games to the end in the NFC East, I think they'll come out with more divisional wins than losses. So. I think they did some good work. You know, you start looking at the at the free agents. I've covered quite a few of them. I, I, I liked a lot of what they did, and they didn't have any major loss really either. You know, there was a few players, a few players going out, but I didn't see anything. There were some people given like slightly bigger contracts by other teams and things like that. You know, Ronald Darby is one that stands out to me. Maybe that's where they lose it a bit at DB, but I, I don't know. I, I think they're in a good spot. I, I like the Redskins. Oh, God, there we go. First one. I knew I was going to screw up and say the Redskins. The uh, the Washington football team. I like the Washington football team. I, I've, I'm i pretty confident they'll win this division. Um, I think they're a solid team, and I think they'll be a tough out in the playoffs as well, whoever they end up playing. I throw this one out to Mark. I looked at last year, and I, I, I loved watching the defence on Washington. You know, I thought they were fantastic, and a lot of time they kept them in games. And you just got to look at that um, playoff game against Tampa, where they had Taylor Heineke starting at quarterback. Yeah. They went they went back and forth with each other, mainly yeah. because of the defense they kept them in there a lot of time. I know that Tampa put thirty points on them, but a lot of it was the defense just giving Taylor Heineke a chance. With I know Ryan, we've got Ryan Fitzpatrick now. Do you see him getting better with Ryan Fitzpatrick this year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. The offense is, you said this, Mark, as well, the offense is kind of built to push the ball down the field. And if there's one thing he's good at, it probably is that. So, yeah, I think they'll be better. They'll be good enough. I think that's all they need to be, really. Sorry, Mark, go on. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I thought our question was directed towards me, and that was me saying, let's prompt each other so we don't jump over each other. But, hey, we're going to have one because I'm a gobshite at the best of times. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, you nick me point. I mean, this 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 offense is built to move the ball down the field. I really like Logan Thomas at the tight end. I think if anyone's playing fantasy, he's someone I would be looking to draft in the middle rounds in my fantasy team. If you know I'm looking for a tight end, and a lot of them had gone, you know, I'm looking at somebody like Logan Thomas, you know, who had a really good year by all standards last year. And I think he's poised to make a jump. I like what he can bring to this team. Because McLaurin is going to clear out a lot of what's underneath. Um, I think he's in for a really big season because he likes to, he likes to be down the field and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw the ball. He's going to take his chances. Yes, he's going to do some turnovers. He's going to throw some interceptions, but he's going to make some good throws as well. And I think over the last couple of years, Ryan Fitzpatrick has probably played his best football. You know, um, he was unlucky to get replaced at Miami last year. I'm, I'm, we talked about that decision last week. Um, and I think, I think, I think the biggest fear for Washington is, is are there going to be a no-man's-land team? As in, are there always going to be this 8-9-10 win team, but with the need of quarterback? Because if they're going to be an 8-9-10 win team, they're going to be picking around the late teens or early 20s, which means that they're going to be out of the position to try and get up for a quarterback. And I think... Ryan Fitzpatrick, whilst he's a very serviceable quarterback, they're not going to get a lot of years out of him, probably this year, and that's it. So they're going to be in the market for looking for a replacement for him. Are they going to be looking every single year? And are they going to be signing these vets from free agency? That would be my main concern. Um, I love what they're doing on defence. Um, I think one of their stars of last season was Cameron Curl, who they found and who came in at free safety and played alongside um, uh, Collins. I thought that he was fantastic. Um, and they've got another seventh rounder this year in Shaka Tony, who I think can be a really good situational pass rusher. So, you know what I mean? You know, they seem to do well getting these late round players who can play a role. Um, I love your point that, you know, that they're well coached now and they've got proper people running the franchise. Ron Rivera, I really, I really like Ron Rivera. I agree. I don't think he's in the top echelon of coaches, but he's probably on that swing. You know, he's probably in, yeah. at the top of that next level. He seems to be a real players coach. He seems to get the best out of who's around him. They really enjoy playing for him. I like the defence. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. All first-round picks. You know what I mean? All first-round picks. How can you not like that? You know what I mean? I look at their defence. You know, St. Just was probably the best corner on the senior bowl. Long, six foot three, out of Minnesota. Physical, ideal for their system. You know they've got Fuller. You know, um, you know Fuller's the other, and, and they've got the lad from Houston. Uh, from he was out. He played for Houston in college, but he went to the Bengals. Jackson, um, and he had, and he was, and he had a really good junior season. His second year as a pro it was really good, and he never really hit them heights again. But um, you know, the, 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 we've seen the potential out of him at least. I like what they're building. I think if they win this division, it'll be on the back of good defensive play. They're my favourites as well to win it. I really like what they're building. I think Fitzpatrick will be able to do enough to fend off a challenge from the from from the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I, the hours the hours. I mean, if the if the Eagles' arrow was down, let's face it, Washington's arrow was down for a long time, but I think it's firmly up now at the minute, and I think it's more so down to Ron Rivera than anything that they've really got elsewhere. Yeah, I think we've mentioned the defence quite a few times, especially from last year. But I look at, like, obviously we, we spoke about the Cowboys' offence being 
quite elite, you know, look at some of the players. But I don't know about you, Bones. I look at that running back room and that wide receiver room and I'm, I'm looking at um, good playmakers. I, look at, I, remember, I remember looking at watching Taylor Heineke in that Tampa Bay game last year, relying on Cam Sims and Steve Sims Jr. in that game a lot more than... Um, Terry McLaurin, but yeah, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel is such an exciting player. You know, he's um, he's what you call um, a Swiss Army knife type of player. And I, I don't know what you think about it, but I really like the wide receiver and Logan Thomas, like uh, Mark touched on. I, I, I like the weapons they've got. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. I think I think they've definitely. I'm just I was just pulling up the depth chart to be honest, have a proper look at it because I hadn't actually gone through. I know the roughly the starters, but I wanted to see who they had behind, like. I remember JD McKissick coming up quite a lot, like as well. Like he had a he had a a good year. Um, like they they do employ a bit of a, as people should these days, a bit more of a, um, oh, committee running back, like a running back committee. Like there's a few of them, but I think I think the question is like everyone said, it is that there is the quarterback question, but these they, they've got weapons to throw throw to like. We've got Kurt, like you say, Kurt Samuel. Um, you've got Kelvin Harmon, Terry McLaurin. I think, I think there's definitely opportunities there to get some good offense. And like like John said, they they're built to push the ball down the field. It's just this like old old quarterback deal. Like I get, I understand the question. Like it's just where's where, where are they going to go with it? Because at the end of the day, they like. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the, is the journeyman quarterback. He is the journeyman quarterback in the NFL at this point. He's the one we all know has played for so many teams. Like he he's not. He's I mean, unless they're going to actually go for it and really keep him around for a while, it's not what anyone's ever done with Fitzpatrick though. So, but then they've got they've like they've got such a strong defense. They've got decent weapons on offense. They're not going to pick high enough to get. A franchise guy like in in this current situation where we have them winning the division and going where are they ever going to get the friend like mark said when when are they going to get the franchise where's the franchise guy come from um but i don't know i it there could be there could be i i'd like that there could be more stars i guess on the offense but you don't need it when your own defense is that Star-studded the defense. The old adage of defense wins championships, isn't it? That's that's the Washington football team are another team that seem to really these days follow that mantra, especially with Ron Rivera. Like we said, um, he is just a really good players coach. I like that kind of coach personally. I like that kind of guy that he's not just a tactical wizard. Uh, he's not just got the best the best playbook in the world. He's but we'll get the best out of every single player on the team every single down. And that, I think that can count for a lot. I know we're saying maybe he's not the top five coaches in, in, in the league, but I think in terms of that kind of coach, he's, he's up there in, in the top of those kind of coaches. That is just a player motivator and we'll get a good result. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I rambled a bit there. I feel like, but can we, can we agree that Washington probably have the best defensive line in the NFL this year? <laughs> Sweat, Allen, Payne, Young. Yeah. Pretty and good, isn't it? Matthew Ionidas. Then you've got, you know, like yeah. you've got Jazz in behind him, Tim Settle, you know, who's a big yeah. run stuffing defensive tackle. You've got Shaka Tony, who, I mean, I know he's a rookie in the seventh rounder, but look what they got out of Cameron Kerr last year. I think he can come in and, and, and spell and keep pressure on quarterbacks. I think he's a pass rush specialist. 
blah, 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 pass rush specialist. Um, you know, can we agree that this front, this this defensive line is the best in the NFL? Who would you pull up against them? John, I know that you probably argue that they might be better. Would you say that's a better offensive, a defensive line on paper? I can't immediately think of one. There, there are teams that you could say if they all play to the potential, if they all come back from injury, blah, blah, blah. But I think taking it at face value, probably not. No, they, they've they've built from the lines out, which is something that you know, something that I said about a few teams during the draft. They've definitely tried to build that D line as a you know as a function of the defense. It shows it shows on what they what they've uh, what they've got right now. No, I'd probably agree on balance. Yeah, people might bring up Tampa. Like they yeah. they had a really good showing last year of getting pressure on the quarterback. Like, but. Again, on paper, like I, I like the look of this more. This is a, this is a, this feels like this is, yeah. There's more future to this as well. Like these, these, these are younger defensive line overall. I feel like as well compared to the Tampa one. You're going to cause some offensive line some trouble this year. I like, I like the Sam Cosme pick. I noticed that they let Morgan Moses go almost instantly after, after picking Cosme. Morgan Moses, I mean, that, that shows how much they like Sam Cosme because Morgan Morgus, Moses has been a very uh, serviceable right tackle for a lot of years now. So they moved off him quite quick, so they must really like Sam Cosme. I like them myself, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know if anyone else has got anything to add, but I, I, I take your point on um, Fitzpatrick, you know, on next year, where do they go with the quarterback situation? Yeah. But mm-hmm. as of this year... I really think they're going to be a good team to watch. I'm really looking forward to watching them on defense and even on offense. You know, I, I know the defense is is there is what we're going to look at to see maybe winning games. But I, I do look forward to that offense as well. At the same time, I know you say that Fitzpatrick will throw interceptions, but you'll make them better with the weapons that he's got as well. So I, I'm, it's one of them teams I'm really looking forward to watch next year, just as a just as a outside fan. There is one pick I wanted to mention quickly, because like, anyone who saw like my, my Lions mocks coming up to the draft, they did pick one guy that I was really I was really hoping we'd get is Dax Milne out of uh, BYU. Out of BYU in the seventh round as well. Like, I think that's a good <laughs> a good pick at a great spot, and I hope in the future that he will play a he will play a role in that team because I I think he's a good pick. Like I hope he plays for them. I like what they've done late in the round. I like what they've done. I mean, they did well last year, didn't they? They got um, Cameron Curl, Calvin Harmon. I think he might have been the year before. Might have been last year. I can't remember. Might probably the year before. But they've done well picking players up in the late, in the late rounds. Shaq Tony, Dax Milne. I think they'll play a good part this year. I don't think either of them will be standouts, but I think they'll do enough to keep, you know, like to, to keep their body on the roster. Mm. So. I think we're all in agreement that Washington are the top dogs in NFC East, but I'm sure we'll get onto it later to give a full rundown. But I think we all like them, which leaves us lastly for Mark to go into detail. I don't know if he's going to attack the Giants, but let's go. Let's see. Go for it, but Mark. He's, he's pulling up a he's pulling up a bed, not a chair. Pull up a bed. About the Giants. Yeah, welcome to my boudoir again. It's like you've been invited into my personal space, and tonight I'm going to be booking Daniel Jones. You know, um, I hated the pick when they made it. And I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan. I'm just not a big Daniel Jones fan. I'm sorry, Tom. I'm sorry, Giants fans. But this year, there's a, there's a, there's a lot. Of, like Daniel Jones has got a lot of questions to answer, and he's got all the ability 
at least in terms of what's being built around them to be able to succeed. There's no more excuses for this lad now. You know, like he needed wide receivers. They went and got him two. They got him one in the first round and they went and signed Kenny Golladier. He needed an offensive line to protect him. They got a left tackle last year and Andrew Thomas. You know what I mean? So they've built around him. They've built around him. Andrew Thomas, I said to Tom last year, I said he's a really good left tackle. The thing is, when tackles come in the NFL, is they're normally better at pass blocking, at run blocking than pass blocking, particularly when they come from the SEC. I think we're going to see this with Alex Leatherwood, where the teams are so run heavy, especially Georgia. They're not asked to pass block a lot of times. You know what I mean? So Andrew Thomas came in and showed up poor at pass blocking. But I said to Tom, I said, Tom, stick with him because you'll probably find he'll turn into a good player midway through the season. Sure enough, he started playing his best football from the end, of, like from midway at the end of the season on. You know, they're not asked to pass block as often as possible as you are in the NFL and the SAC. So that's first of all. I don't think Daniel Jones does his offensive line any favours. He doesn't have a very quick release. He seems to hang on to the ball too long. His mobility in the pocket is a plus. He needs it because his decision-making is that poor. Seems to go through his reads very like very slowly, very delayed, keys into the receiver he's going to be going on to. And I just don't rate him that much as a quarterback. I really do not. I mean, the year he got drafted, I mean, he was the second quarterback taken behind Kyler Murray. And people say, well, what have quarterbacks done that would pick after him? And maybe it was just a, a poor quarterback yet. You know, like the year before, we'd seen Josh Allen and we'd seen, um, you know, like that was, it would seem Baker Mayfield and them come out. You know, and, and, we, and we might see that this year where we have really good quarterback class followed by a quite poorish one. Um, but yeah, Daniel Jones, for me, just he just he just doesn't move the needle enough. You know, I'm looking at his statistics here. So I'm looking at his career statistics. Um, so in 2019, his rookie year, he played 13 games through 24, uh, sorry, uh, through 24 touchdowns. Brilliant. You know what I mean? Um, to 12 interceptions. Last year, he threw a meager 11 touchdowns. 11 touchdowns off the arm of your quarterback. That's that's catastrophically bad. You know what I mean? Whilst he showed from year one, he definitely went backwards year two. Now, some people say, you know, like he's got Garrett as his offensive coordinator. You know what I mean? And, and, and there's a question mark there. But I think Daniel Jones really has to show up this year because he's been given the talent around him. You know, he's got a really good, probably I would say on paper, this wide receiver core is as good as anything else in this division. I certainly think it competes with Washington Redskins. Some might argue that Dallas's wide receiver core, you know, Blake Jarwin, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper is better. But there's talent in this offense this year for Daniel Jones. You know, he's going to be throwing at Kenny Golladay, Sterling Shepard, Slayton, Kadarius Tony, Evan Ingram. He's going to have Saquon Barkley coming out the backfield. Now, that's, that. I don't care who you are. That, 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 that's talent. There's a lot of talent on that field. There's a lot of draft capital on that field. And there's a lot of talent on that offensive side of the field. And Daniel Jones has to has to be pushing to win this division. You know, if he, he has to be pushing to take the Giants if, if if this team can't break, I mean, like you can't have a 500 season anymore now with it being a 17-game season. 
But this team have got to hit eight wins. They've got to hit eight or nine wins. And Daniel Jones has to return to 2019 form where he's thrown over 20 touchdowns. You know what I mean? He has to. Otherwise, they're going to be left with a situation where he's fifth-year options coming up. And they're going to be left with the question of, well, well, do we give him it? Do we give him it or do we move off it? Because I'm going to argue, what is Daniel Jones's ceiling? You know, what's his, what, what's his optimum ceiling? You know, is it Jared Goff? Is he a more mobile Jared Goff? Is that what he is? I mean, that's not bad in its own right. I mean, Jared Goff got the, the NFL and um, the Super Bowl. You know, is he an Andy Dalton? That's kind of who he reminds us of. You know, Andy Dalton in his prime at the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, what what is he meant to be? I know that the Giants fans will say, well, he can be Tony Romo. He can be this guy out and sling the ball. He's got a reasonable arm and he's mobile and he's gutsy. And he is, he's gutsy, he's brave. He'll take a hit, I'll give him that. You know, so they'll argue that he could be a Tony Romo kind of player. You know, that was that, that, that he was for the Cowboys. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's big question marks on Daniel Jones. Um, if we look at the draft and what they did in the draft, I don't dislike the Kadarius Tony pick. I don't dislike Kadarius Tony as a player. He was a senior coming out, and unlike most seniors, you've got to think his best football's ahead of him, as in he hasn't hit it. He got better year upon year at Florida, and this year his route running improved a lot. So you've got to think with some NFL coaching, they're probably going to see a better player in the pros than what you saw in college. He's really good with the ball in his hand. He's very difficult to take down. Personally, I would have took Elijah Moore there. If Rondale Moore had, had a full bit of health, I probably would have took Rondale Moore there as well. But I'm not disappointed with the Kadarius Tony pick. The pick that I really like is the Zizou Jalari pick in round two. They need pass rusher. Tom Astor's to touch on Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter, when he came out of Georgia, he was one of them. He was a senior. His best season was his junior year, the year before his senior year, where he had five sacks. And people thought he's a stand-up edge rusher. He can play in a 3-4, put him at outside linebacker and let him get the passer. Never really worked out that way. I think he got six sacks last year. Not last year, he was injured, but the year before he got six sacks. Maybe four sacks the year before. Um and I think that's kind of like his limit, Tom. I want to I want to see him be better. But in college, he wasn't really a standout. And five sacks for Georgia was all he was getting. I think that's going to be his magic number in New York. Um, so they really need Azizu Jalari to come in and to bring some pressure on the quarterback. The good news is Azizu Jalari was probably the most polished pass rusher in the NFL draft. He was probably the one with the highest floor, probably the most pro-ready guy coming in. Um, if anybody had watched their game against Cincinnati, he absolutely mullered their left tackle, who was their reserve left tackle because James Hudson had been evicted. You know what I mean? No, but he mullered him. He absolutely mullered him. I think he had four sacks, two forced fumbles, and a safety or something ridiculous like that. Um, you know, he's really polished. He gave uh, Alex Leatherwood fits when when they played Alabama. And Alex Leatherwood has just been picked in the first round by the Raiders, so... You know what I mean? So he's played against some level of talent. Not that I'm saying that Leatherwood is is that good. <laughs> you know, it's, you know what I mean. But but he's played against somebody who's got, who was a first round draft pick, a top twenty draft pick, and that's probably enough said about that. <laughs> and skinned him, gave him fits. You know, so I'm really hopeful for Zizou Jalari, and I think he's the kind of player that they like in New York. Um, yeah, I just think that this this season is is going to be make or break 
for Daniel Jones. They're not a bad team, the New York Giants. I just don't think they've got a good quarterback. And in an NFL where we're so quarterback driven, you know, like where you're winning or you're winning. The, I mean, you look at the players who are winning Super Bowls. There's a reason why Jimmy Garoppolo and Jared Goff got the Super Bowl and never won it because they're not good. And that's the top and bottom of it. And that's, and, and that's, and that's Daniel Jones. I think if Daniel Jones has a ceiling where he's as half as good or he hits J Jimmy Garoppolo level, they've looked out because from what I've seen, it doesn't really move the needle for me. I think this is a team that are going to be facing a difficult question when, the, when those fifth-year options come up because they chose him quite high, which means he's going to get paid on that fifth-year deal. You know what I mean? So it's, it's going to be like win or lose on Daniel Jones. Um, which is a shame because I think that their roster is pretty good and it probably could compete with a better quarterback. Um, Saquon Barkley. Can we just touch on like drafting running backs early? Can we just <laughs> touch on my bugbear? So we look. So many of us have made reference to, and I know Matt does as well quite regularly, to my theory about committee running backs being better than bell cow backs. When you're playing a 17-game season as we are now, and then playing potentially four games in the playoffs. Having a bell cow running back who's touching the ball 20 times a game is not optimum. They're going to face injuries. They're going to take a pounding. They're going to be worn down when the game matters most, which is in the playoffs. I've always said, if you want to improve your running game, improve your offensive line. You know, and have a stable of backs. We look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who won it this year. They ran Jones all year. And then in the playoffs, they went to Leonard Fournette, who was fit and who had tread on the tyres, who they could run into the playoffs. And they ran them hard. You know what I mean? We look at what the Rams have done and what the 49ers have done in the past, building the stables of backs. The, the, the Raiders, my team, have just went out and got Kenyon Drake because they found that, John, that, 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 you know, like that, that, that Josh Jacobs wasn't going to be able to carry us for a full season. You know, like Zeke Elliott, we talked about him earlier. The Dallas Cowboys, just how much he's tailing off in his career now. You know, drafting running backs early just doesn't make good business. I wouldn't even draft one in the first round, if truth be told. What I would do is every single year, is I would be drafting a middle round running back with God, so I'd be lost that. And I'd be bringing as many undrafted free agent running backs into the franchise to evaluate. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be picking six or seven of them that weren't drafted just to have a look at who they've got. Because I think in today's NFL, you need to have freshness on the field. You need to have a continual freshness on the field. Saquon Barkley is a really good running back. He's faced injury history already. You know, he's going to be coming up this fifth-year option. I'm not too sure if they've agreed to give him it or not yet. I think the talk was is that he's not guaranteed it. You know what I mean? Look, I don't care who you are. You could be picking a rebirth of Emmett Smith. Don't pick a running back in the top 10 picks. Don't pick a running back in the top fucking round unless you're running back away and you're picking at the back of it. You know what I mean? You want that fifth-year option for one. Yeah. But to pick Saquon Barkley, I think that that franchise is still struggling as a result of that decision. You know, you could have went in any other direction and you could have took a corner. You could have took a pass rusher. You could have took an offensive tackle earlier. You know, players where you can think, right, if we get this right, we've got a 10-year player. How many 10-year running backs do you have? How many, you know, how many 10-year running backs do you theoretically have? You know, I think, I think Gettleman's not as bad as people make out. 
know, I think I think he's pretty safe in the draft. I think Kadarius Tony's another safe pick. I think Andrew Thomas last year was another safe pick. Seems to like SEC players. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that, that they've got a good roster. I just don't think they've got a good quarterback. I'm going to be honest with you, Mark. I'm a bit disappointed. Um, I, I thought you were going to go into Giants a bit more, but then you went back to 2018 and started going off on shifting going back. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm accepting that it were you, you went further back. But we, we, I'm sure Tom would appreciate the digs there. Um, <laughs> I know Bones. You're a massive fan of the running game down in Detroit. Obviously, Shaquan Barkley missed. I don't even think he made it two games last year. Everyone was saying that were a big big reason why there were no help for Daniel Jones there. I look at it again, you know, it was a bad injury he had last year. If he goes down again, they've got Booker who were at the uh, Raiders, I believe, last year. I don't know how much game time he got there. It's, it's not been... You know what? You know what? Left the they picked up Ricardo Armstead, aren't they, from, from the Jaguars of the week, who it looked like he were promising the first couple of games, but um, last year, he just COVID just took him out completely, out for the full year with COVID. So... Just playing devil's advocate, Shaquan Barkley goes down again. I know they've got Golladay and and, um, and Tony bringing in. Is it another struggle for Daniel Jones this year? I I I think so. I like you said. I, I'm I'm a big fan of the running game, and I think I wanted to touch on something Mark said while whilst I had a moment was the bell cow running back. I think a good, a really, really, really good example of the fact that bell cow running backs don't work so well anymore is let's look at the best bell cow running back in the NFL. The only true bell cow running back in the NFL, Derek Henry and the Tennessee Titans. What's happened the last two playoffs when they've got to the playoffs teams have shut down Derek Henry. The Titans playoff run is over. That's the end of the game. It's over for them. Like, and he's the, he is, I know Tom really likes Saquon and I've, I've, there's things to be said about like what I've said, in regards to Derrick Henry in the past, but I, not that I think he's bad, but whatever. Well, moving swiftly on, I think that, yeah, like you say, bell cows don't work anymore. I think you, you do need a committee, and I don't think they've committed enough to getting the extra people behind Saquon. There isn't enough depth there at running back, I don't feel like. If Saquon does take another bad injury, he is he is boned. Like, I, I don't know, like, it's, it's it's tough, and they, like like Marcel, they picked him so high, and it, if he goes to his if he does get his fifth year option, it's going to be an expensive one, and if they sign him to a second deal, it's going to be another expensive one. I just I don't know. I think I think there's they, they could have brought they, they even could have brought in some undrafted free agents. So there were there's still free like free agent running backs out there. Like Gurley just visited the Lions. Like you want some depth? You want you want to expand your running back room a bit? Like there you go. I mean, I don't want him at the Lions. No offense, Todd Gurley, but the, we've just brought in like three undrafted free agent running backs. We've signed a free agent. We drafted one last year. We drafted another one this year. We've got like six running backs at this point. I just don't need Gurley right now. But you know, there's 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 depth out there that they could get. And yeah, I think I think they should be looking towards more of a committee as well. I do agree. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm. Fucking Tom's been texting us already. And one of the things what I was going to swing back round after you had your say was the, was the big blue defense. You know, I like Dexter Lawrence as a player. I liked him coming out of Clemson. James Bradbury was a really good corner in his first year. Blake Martinez shocked me because he was pissed in Green Bay, but has looked kind of half decent in New York. Um, Adoree Jackson, 
ah, I'm a bit meh on a Dory Jackson, if truth be told. I don't know if he's a better nickel than he is outside corner. Jubal Peppers is half decent. You know, they've got Logan Ryan at free safety, who's better than most. I like what they're building on defence, and if Azizu Jalari can hit double figures of sacks, that's going to be much better for them, because that's what they're missing, a proper pass rusher. Um, yeah, just to touch on that defence, them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not man. a bad team. They're not a bad team. They've just got a bad quarterback. I think um, that's good, that, Mark, that you've um, given them a bit of positivity. But let's get back to what we're here for. <laughs> Obviously, Andrew Thomas picked it back up, picked it up at the end of last season. But are you a believer in this offensive line for the New York Giants? I think Nate Soldier coming back. I don't know where he's going to fit in that line. I imagine they're going to pro- maybe try and kick him in at right guard or maybe right tackle. I'm not too sharp. He is a guard. Um, I like Andrew Thomas. I like them coming out. You know, like I, I, I always, I thought when they put him, I thought. He's going to struggle in pass pro, but he'll get the hang of it. He's really clever. He's really smart. He played for Georgia. You know, like he was always going to be better at run blocking than he was at pass blocking. Will Hernandez, for me, has been a disappointment. I really liked Will Hernandez when he came out that year. And they put him in at right guard. And he, he's another one who, was, who hasn't lived up to his hype. And... At some point, you've got to go. You've got to go, is this a coaching thing or is this a selection thing? Because on paper, the talent was really good. Um, there's a lot of money in Nate Soldier, so they're going to have to find a spot for him to play. Matt Pert did better than I thought he would have, you know, out of UConn. Um, he was thrown in and he didn't didn't let himself down all that much, though I still don't rate him. I think they're just the middle of the road, offensive line. I think they're just the middle of the road. They're not the worst. They're not the best. Imagine if PFF were grading them out. They'd probably have them graded around 16th, 17th, 18th offensive line in the NFL, which is enough to do something. Um, I think Andrew Thomas is a good player, though. I think he's going to be the player who we see make a leap this year and we start seeing really good football from. I think um, before we make the predictions, come on, come on, John. It's up to you now. Are you going to end on a negative with the Giants or give Tom and his best of his cronies in the group chat a bit of positive? <laughs> well, I'll touch on I'll touch on something first that Mark said about running backs in the first round. I actually agree with most of what he said. I think the only way you could justify taking somebody as high as the Giants took Barkley is if they're a transcendent athlete, especially in the more modern NFL. Somebody that can play the slot maybe and running back and get get their hands on the ball and play make in a few different ways, maybe a kick return or something like that. As a pure running back, I don't get the pick at two. I didn't get it at the time. I still don't. I think he's a brilliant player, but it's the, they could have gone in so many directions there. And it felt like a very old school pick by Gettleman. It's something you would have done in the probably like the mid eighties, early nineties. Certainly not in the tw- you know in the twenties. Um, speaking more broadly about the Giants, I think I'm a bigger Daniel Jones fan than most people are, um, and that's not even that's not even saying that I, I rate him particularly highly. I think that I think some people have uh, some people have crucified him and had crucified him before he'd even played a game because of where he got picked and the college he came out of. Um, I don't think he's been brilliant, and I do agree with what Mark said. It is make a break. This is it. This don't go sound like Michael Jackson now, but yeah, this this is the moment where. You're gonna know. <laughs> You're gonna know how good he is, one way or another, because he has no excuses left. The, you know, that's it now. That this is just this is the season where it either blows up and starts again, or they take a step forward. I think, in theory, they could do either. 
the roster doesn't jump out at me and say, yeah, they're definitely going to take a step forward. Um, the coaching, the coaching's quite good. So I'm going to, if I'm going to talk positives, I like the head coach. I like the defensive coordinator. I don't like Jason Garrett, but I don't know anybody that does in New York. So I don't think I'm alone. I'm alone there. But like, I like I like a lot of the coaching staff. I think they'll be a well-coached team. I think they'll be tough to beat. Is that going to be enough? Mm, probably not, honestly. But they can take a step forward, and it's how much of a step forward they need to take to be able to to stick with Daniel Jones. Where do they need to be, really? Some would probably argue playoffs. I think they're probably right. That's the issue. I think I think he's set up to a point where they have to almost make some noise now. I don't think another average to good season is good enough. I think he needs to go to that extra level, and I don't think he'll do that. But I don't know. They'll be a t- they're going to be a tough team to beat, and that might be enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to make a strong argument for Daniel Jones when you look at his body of work, in all honesty. It's hard to make a strong argument. I do think he's got talent, though. I don't think he's a complete dead loss. Um, so I think it just depends. That offense is going to have to take a step forward in several ways. I think they're going to have to be more creative on offense as well. Maybe adding somebody like Kadarius Tony will help them do that. Um, but there definitely needs to be more. They were very vanilla last year, I thought. And hopefully with Saquon back and Tony in there, they might get a little bit more explosive and that helps your quarterback. If he has a player that can take five-yard passes and turn them into 25-yard gains, he's going to look a hell of a lot better, regardless of whether he actually is good enough or not. So, But I, I can't I can't make an argument for them winning the division at the moment. I think, I think if the Giants want to have a look at a player who might be a good draft pick, Elderson Smith, who they've got out of Northern Iowa, the pass rusher, I think he's going to probably play stand-up linebacker and rush the pass off the edge. I think he's got potential, you know, like to be a good player. He's he's learning the game, um, but he was decent at Northern Iowa. And I think if you want to have a mid-round draft pick, who you think, oh, let's keep an eye on him. Elderson Smith would be someone I would follow the career of. Um, but yeah, I think if they can keep if they can keep. Galladay healthy. He's a he's a weapon for Jones. Like, does he match Jones's skill set though? You know, Galladay is going to do his best work in contested catches down the yeah. field. And Jones has Jones got the arm to be able to, to be able to give him a chance at them. Well, the I don't know. He's got Stafford's cannon, but he, I still think Galladay's a Galladay's a playmaker. Like I think Tony and Galladay, the two new additions at wide receiver, are that's got to help at least a little bit. Two new decent wide receivers like I, I do think they've got they've got some tools it's just like you say it's, it's if Danny Dimes can utilize them without falling over halfway down the field do you know who would have been a better fit for them Juju Smith-Schuster would have been a better fit for Danny Jones big bodied mm. slot receiver he would have been a better fit for Danny Jones you know like rather than spending the money on Goladay you know they could have went and got Juju Smith-Schuster for probably a few million cheaper and I think he would have been a better fit for what Daniel Jones wants to do and what Daniel Jones can do. I just don't. I, 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 whilst I like Goladier, I just I, I think it's a. I'm not too sure they're going to be a successful pairing. I mean, like, let's give. I mean, he's hit Slayton a few times, so maybe I'm being bad. Maybe I'm being harsh here. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I think Sterling Shepard's a really good player. I think I think he's probably. I think he's probably the most reliable receiver, fitness wise, you know, and, and ability wise in that room. It's, they've got a good wide receiving move. 
I'm going to throw a positive out there since I was asked for one. It doesn't relate to the offense, but I'll throw one out there. That that defense, I think, is going to be genuinely, legitimately good. They're a good defensive coordinator, and there's a lot of pass rush talent there, and that's how the Giants have been successful historically. So I can see that taking a step forward, and that might be enough in some games. You know, need to find pass rush to make that defense work. Yeah, and I think they're, they're certainly taking a swing at it. With, with some of the draft picks. So I think if they could take a stride forward there, which I think they will, they're a well-coached defense, and I think they'll get the best out of the newer players. I think that's the positive. I think they'll be they'll be a better team. They just won't be as good as New York wants them to be, and then it's a question of where do you go from there, I guess. Yep. So, <clears throat> come on, the final bit, let's get into where we think everyone will finish. And I'm sure while we're looking, while we're talking about where everyone's going to finish, I'm sure Mark's going to try and find us a decent bet in the <laughs> NFC. Yeah. He's going to try and best out your Mark. <laughs> Look like sure. so, uh, I mean, if, if I was going to have a bet out of this division, I think the bet I would go with would be um, probably Mike Parsons for defensive rookie of the year. The way he's going to rack up the tackles, he can blitz, he's decent in coverage. I don't know what his odds are for defensive rookie of the year, but that would be the guy I would be batting in this division if I was batting anything. Um, most rookies at this moment in time have um, the Dallas Cowboys as the out-and-out favourites to win this yeah, contest. Yeah, I don't get that. I mean, if I, if I was having a sneaky bet, I know I've just found lambasted them, but you'll do a lot worse than putting the New York Giants at nine to nine. You know what I mean? That's not a bad bet. But ultimately, I think that I think the best bet for this division will be Mike Parsons for defensive rookie of the year. Washington does not bad either, actually. Look, I've Are just looked at Washington. 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 Probably Washington. Sorry. Sorry. Eleven to four Washington, aren't they? So it's almost three to one. Are we all in agreement that Washington are going to win this division? I think so. Yeah. 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 So. Dallas, Dallas just behind. Yeah, I think Washington, Dallas, um, New York Eagles. Giants, and the Eagles pulling up the yeah. year. Before that's the World in the NFL. Yeah, that's why I landed <laughs> on the it does seem so weird to write first football team, doesn't it, on a caption? I, st- uh, I just, uh, it's the, what they're called, man. What do you they want need to do? in the worst way. <laughs> Like some, there's someone needs to pick, like, but the football team. So that's it, Washington <laughs> football team. There you are, like number one. And I think that's, I do think that's a fair prediction, though. I think Parsons for defensive rookie of the year is, I, if that, I think that could be a good bet because it doesn't sound like there's much to go for in the actual rankings. Like, I'm sure Tom will still stick on a bet for the Giants to win the division, but yeah, nine to two. He's not going to do too bad at it. No, four and a no, half. And if it's as if it's as if it's as much of a dead heat as it was for most of last year, at least initially, like I know it wasn't a good dead heat, but anyone could have won it. Like they didn't have to have a good record to win it, but anyone could have won it. Like yeah. so, yeah, I th- I do. I'm I'm down with that prediction. I think it's a good prediction. Depend on because I think Houston are quite clearly the worst team in the NFL, and I'm guessing they're going to be picking first last year. But they just booked Davis Mills. You know, like a quarterback in the third round, and they're willing to burn that pick. I wouldn't mind having a bet on the Philadelphia Eagles being the first team to pick a quarterback in next year's draft. I'm not saying they're going to move up to number one because there is some good talent there, which might go, you know, Stingley and things like that, which might go 
um, number one themselves. But, I mean, if the Eagles are as bad as what we think they are, they're going to be picking high and they've got draft capital to move up. You know, that's not a bad bet. Eagles to be the first team to pick a quarterback in 2022 draft is not a bad bet at all if there's odds out there for it. I agree. That's a, that's a, that's a good one to look out for. So, where are we going next week, lads? I've, um, I had it written down somewhere and I can't remember I've written it down. Must NFC be... South? No, no AFC, AFC South. South. AFC, AFC South. South. AFC South. Right. Let's go. We'll decide off air where, where, where we're going with the teams. And uh, thanks again, lads. It's been a blast this week. Hope everyone yeah. has enjoyed it. Enjoyed it. As, as always, a pleasure, gentlemen. Never yeah. never a bad dream. And we'll see you all <laughs> next week around about half seven. We're never on at half seven, are we, lads? So we're on about half seven. <laughs> so hopefully with no technical issues next week so we can get live a bit closer to half seven so that we don't miss the Facebook stream, more importantly, because it turns out that's why we're not live on Facebook is because I had so many technical issues. We missed the window and the Facebook stream didn't go live. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> I would apologise to anybody who was watching us on Facebook, but as you just said, they're not, so... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so, I guess on that one. Yeah, we'll see you all next week. Yeah, see you later, lads. See you next week, guys. <laughs>